on, right? We're still shining bright, right? Right? Yes. God, arise with awesome power, and every one of your enemies will scatter in fear. Chase them away, all these, all these God-haters. Blow them away as a puff of smoke. Can you see that? Just God just goes, whoo, there they go, and up in a puff of smoke. Melt them away like wax in the fire. One good look at you and the wicked vanish. <laughs> I love it. But let all the righteous be glad. Yes, let them all rejoice in your presence and be carried away with gladness. Let them laugh and be radiant with joy. Let them sing their celebration songs for the coming of the cloud rider whose name is the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, we just praise you and lift you up today. Looking forward to what you have for us. This is going to be a great year. Um, and of course, with the new year coming up here, just next week, we are so, so close. Uh, it's the last Sunday of uh, 2021 before we move into uh, 2022. And um, most of us here are contemplating about different things that cut out of our lives, right? Making your New Year's resolutions. Uh, most of us are looking to get rid of things, maybe to cut out junk food, you know, from our diets or, you know, consuming a little less social media, um, you know, maybe, you, you know, cutting out smoking or drinking or just cutting out drama from your life or trying to cut down on your debt. You know, you've got all these things that just we want to cut down on. But this morning, I felt like God wanted to challenge us a little bit to think about the upcoming year in a different way and even to think about some of those resolutions that you may make a little differently. Because what if instead of considering what to cut out of our lives, we consider what to add to our lives, right? There's just something psychological about us. We don't like to give things up. We don't like to miss out. We don't like to, to lose things, right? We uh, feel like we're getting less out of the life if we cut things out. It's a, a very negative thing. However, we're all about adding to our lives, right? We're all about that, that, that phrase. You know, this is the greatest marketing phrase of all time that really appeals to our um, maybe sinful nature, but our, our human nature, and that's that phrase. But wait, there's more, right? I'm not going to pay 20 bucks for some uh, you know, tub of OxyClean, but pay $19.95 for not just one tub of OxyClean, but if I call the next 30 minutes, I get two tubs of OxyClean. And, and I get a squirt bottle, a bottle of Orange Clean uh, kitchen cleaner, a, a super chamois, and a ShamWow. And on top of it all, you get free shipping. People go run into their phones, right? You know, I want it now. Yeah. Psychologically, we always want more, not less. We don't want to miss out. So when we're making our New Year's resolutions, perhaps that's a better way of thinking about things, right? Um, making commitments that add to our lives, not take away from them. Instead of thinking about less junk food or snacks, like let's, let's you know, we're going to try out a whole bunch of new natural foods. It's going to be an adventure, things I've never tried before. You know, the you walk through, I don't know how you all are. I, if you haven't noticed, I'm not the healthiest eater. Um, when I walk through the fruit and vegetable section lately, I don't know what half of those things are. Like, what happened to, like, bananas, potatoes, and onions, you know? Now we got these weird tropical things that I, I, I got to read the little description, you know? But 
Go on an adventure. Try some of them. They're God's natural foods, right? You know, add some more natural snacks. Um, don't be just taken away of junk food. Um, less time staring at your phone, going through social media. You know, no, we don't want to do that. Rather, we want to spend more time getting together with our friends, more time hanging out and going and trying new and different things. Um, less debt. No, we don't want less debt. What we want is, uh, you know, more wealth, more financial peace. Um, we want more savings. Another way of looking at savings is pay yourself first, right? <laughs> Why pay everyone else and leave yourself out of it? Pay yourself. That's what savings is all about. Um, it just becomes more of a, a positive mindset and an attitude toward life. You're giving yourself something. You're not taking something away, even though essentially you are, right? But it's just a different way of thinking about it. It's a different attitude. Um, because it's like that old adage says, you are what you eat, right? Another way of looking at this is, what are we planting in our lives? What are we putting into our lives? Because what you put into your lives will define who you are. It really does. Who we are is the result of how we think. And that's what repentance is all about. Remember when Jesus started preaching? His message is very simple. Repent, the kingdom of heaven is here, right? Repent. And what repent means is just to change the way that you think about things. It's a change of attitude in your thought life and in your heart. It's really seeing ourselves and our lives the way that God sees them, no longer from our own perspective. That's essentially what this scripture is saying here. Proverbs 23, 7. For as a man thinks within himself, so he is. Did anybody get a chia pet for Christmas? I often do. My sisters love prank jokes. It's fun stuff. She got it at Richard Simmons. The best part of the Richard Simmons Chia Pet, not only does the hair grow, it's got a little tuft of hair, chest hair that grows as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love it. Now I know I'm getting for past appreciation next year, you know. <laughs> a whole collection of them. <laughs> but it is true. We are what we think. Someone tells you you're a loser all your life, eventually... You start believing it. You start accepting that you're a loser and you just stop trying. And it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. You become a loser because you just stop. That's just, this is who I am. I just got to accept it and embrace it, right? You know, the thoughts that we plant into our hearts and into our minds, they root themselves within the very fabric of our character. Like, have you ever gone out there in, in the spring or summer and tried to get rid of some of those viney, you know, like, you got a flower here, but its vine goes forever away. Or, and then we had little shrubs growing in the front of our, um, you know, our, our house over here in New Mine. We decided to get rid of them, and I couldn't believe. I mean, those roots were everywhere. I, I hooked it up to the truck and tried pulling it out, and it, they still weren't going anywhere. You know, it's amazing. But our thoughts, they do that. They, they grow root deep into our character and form who we are. And then they eventually bear through, fruit through our behavior. Repentance isn't about your behavior, it's about your thinking. Behavior is just the end result, right? You've got to start with the source. That's why the primary message of Jesus, and even John the Baptist who is preparing the way for him, was a message of repentance. It's less about what we do, it's more about how we think. Because when our thoughts are transformed... When, then our attitudes start to change, and then our actions start to change. So the question in the upcoming year is that what thoughts are we planting in our lives? What thoughts are we allowing to grow roots and to bear fruit? 
Are we pressing in to seek after God, to hear what He is saying to us? Or do we fill our ears and minds with the voices all around us through social media, news sources, and everything? Do we see what the world, what is happening in the world and allow that to be the only voice we hear? Or do we hear the voice of Jesus through it all explaining why what is happening is happening? Do we value the voice of peacemakers in our lives? Or do we prefer to listen to voices that stir up strife and drama, you know? I mean, just... just you know, if everybody could get one of those cool little heart rate monitors, you know, I always question that. Like, I, I would love to see my heart rate whenever I turn on the news because I feel it. My blood starts boiling. I start getting irritated, you know. What do we value? Do we want to stir up drama and strife in our life and division or, or do we want to have a life full of peace, right? This morning, God's going to start taking us on a whole new adventure, a whole new journey, and I believe it's going to last throughout the course of the upcoming year. He is challenging us to be planters. Normally we wait until, you know, our business meeting, which is January 17th, by the way, you know, to share the vision for the upcoming year. But I just felt a stirring that now is the time. It's time to start spreading the word and, and getting us thinking about life this way, that we are planters. This morning we're focusing on what we're planting in our own life. Because it starts here. I got to get the plank out of my eye before I can get the splinter out of someone else's, right? That's what Jesus said. We need to be cautious of what we're planting because this is what Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 says, and it's very blunt. I love blunt scriptures like this. Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. Sin always starts out little, you know? Sin always starts out with a, what's the big deal? What's really wrong with it? Really, love is love, right? Love whoever you want to love. And it just, you know, it's a simple little thought. And then the next thing you know, it heads down this really weird path. And it's like, well, I love my dog, so I'm going to marry him. And the um, well, Bible talks about bestiality, too. You know, it's just very dangerous. Don't be deceived. That little seed, that little thought, that little philosophy, that little concept, you've got to follow it through to fruition to see where it could go before you decide whether to receive it with joy or to reject it because of the fruit that it could bear. Because this is what the scripture says. Don't be deceived. God can't be mocked. <laughs> and there's a whole sermon in that whole idea too, not mocking God. A man reaps what he sows. Of course, think about the very simple analogy there. You don't plant watermelon seeds and expect to later receive a uh, harvest of corn, right? You just don't. You reap what you sow. We don't plant carrot seeds and expect to later reap a harvest of barley, right? Because we all know what barley's good for, you know. But no, you wouldn't go out and plant, you know, a bunch of, you know, carrot seeds and expect that. You reap what you sow. What you plant is what grows, right? We shouldn't plant seeds of gossip and expect to later receive a harvest of encouragement, you know, if you gossip to everybody around you and everyone else is gossiping around you, don't expect to feel encouraged. Expect to feel like you got to watch your back, like what's people saying about me and everything, right? You reap what you sow. We shouldn't plant seeds of greed and expect to later reap a harvest of generosity, right? Me, 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 and my needs and everything, and then expect people to be generous towards you, you know? We shouldn't expect to plant seeds of violence and expect to later reap a harvest of peace, you know? You can't smack your kid around into being a peaceful, you know, person. It just doesn't happen that way. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. In reality, what, what does the culture embrace today? Karma, right? Karma is nothing more or less than a cheap knockoff, what the enemy came up with, 
And the reason that it looks to be true, that you, you, know, you get what you give, is because of this. The biblical truth that a man reaps what he sows. That's really all that, you know, don't, don't believe in karma. We believe a man reaps what he sows. That's what it's a knockoff of. Um, we harvest what we plant. We reap what we sow. We receive what we give. We are what we think. So what are we planting? We follow through this scripture and read it more fully. So beyond verse 7, we'll start in verse 8. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from their flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time... We will reap a harvest as long as we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. Everyone, do good to everybody, but especially those who belong to the family of believers. You see, farming is not an adventure for, um, for those who seek immediate gratification, you know? If, if, you want, if you want an immediate, you know, thrill, you jump off a cliff, you know. It's not for that kind of thrill seeker. Farming is not a sprinted race toward a finish line that's only a short distance away. Being a farmer is really living a life of faith. You daily do what you know you're supposed to do, and you can't see anything for quite some time down the road, right? It's a hard labor done in faith with very little to show for it in the immediate future. If anybody's ever even just planted a simple seed, you know that that thing doesn't usually sprout up overnight. Whenever we do like cool things in kids' church, we like get a, like a, a bean seed, you know, something that does start to sprout in a couple of days so you can see something happening, you know, but normally that is not the case. Farming is a life of daily duties and chores done with future goals in mind in the here and now. You're always in faith, sort of prophetically, doing here and now what you know is going to bring, what it's going to bring in the future. There's nothing about it that's rushed, but there's always work to do. The plowing and planting and fertilizing and weeding, it's all done for a future harvest. That future harvest is often done to feed future livestock that eat that harvest year after year after year before they're eventually butchered, right? And enjoyed by your family or others or, you know, sold at market to bring in um, a price. That cycle is ever continuing. You're always doing all those different aspects all at the same time, but always with the future in mind. And it's similar to the life of a Christian, right? We would be wise to learn not to grow weary in doing good because you're not seeing the immediate results. You know, we, we, faith is a believer in God and the, the nature of God's word and the nature of his character is not immediate. It's not a microwave kind of culture where I do a good thing to my enemy. Well, why didn't they repent and change? You know, it's, you got to just keep at it, keep doing it, keep doing it in faith. Keep doing good because we trust that if we keep faithfully doing what we are called to do daily in our lives, that at the right time, we will reap a harvest at the right time, as long as we don't give up. James said it this way in James chapter 5, verse 7 through 11. He said, be patient, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm. 
because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you'll be judged. And the judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we counted as blessed all of those who persevered. You've heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. And so the life that we live and the daily duties that we do, we don't do them out of, um, out of uh, compulsion or obligation. We do them with joy because we know the harvest that they're bringing. The harvest is on its way as long as you don't give up. Right? The marathon runner that, that gives up a half a mile before the finish line, they never receive a prize. All of their hard work and training and everything that they did and you know, all those miles and miles and miles that they ran, it earns them nothing if they stop short of the finish line. Too many Christians give up right before their breakthrough. We've got to keep persevering, keep doing what we know God is calling us to do, whether or not we see the fruit of it. And we do it in faith. Trusting the word of God, trusting the character of God, that our harvest is coming, right? We are fully convinced of it because God remains unchanged through our ever-changing seasons of life. He's always good and we can always stand steadfast, convinced that we will experience his goodness. His word promises it. So we patiently persevere. We know that good fruits come from good roots, right? Good fruits come from good roots. We want the fruits of the Spirit here and now, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We want those things. I haven't met a person yet who doesn't want those things. But we want them here and now. But they're the end result. Those are fruits. If you've ever planted anything, you know that there's a whole lot that needs to be done before you get those. And it's no different with you know, the, the fruits of the Spirit that are revealed. It's a process. It takes time. But it's worth it. It is so worth it to stay in there and to stand steadfast and to keep on believing even when you, you don't see anything good happening around you. Because when you least expect it, all of a sudden, a seedling sprouts up. <laughs> right? You, you, you plant that seed and you see nothing happening for days, for weeks, for months. In the life of a Christian, sometimes it's years. You see nothing happening. Then all of a sudden, the seedling sprouts up. But what you don't realize is that God was at work the whole time. He was growing your roots. He was shaping your character. He was shaping and maturing you. All of a sudden, that little seedling comes up. And for a long period of time, that sprout just keeps growing and growing. And it looks so fragile. It looks so easy to kill. But it keeps growing, and it keeps growing, and it gets stronger and stronger and larger and more mature, right? The very last step in the whole process of the production of good fruit, and that's what happens, right? But for sometimes years, and I know sometimes even our fruit trees, they skip years, you know? You plant that little seed and it takes forever before you actually see the fruit uh, produced. We want good fruit, but are we willing to hang in there and to do what it takes to develop good roots? 
It all begins with that seed, right? It begins with the seed that we plant, what we choose to sow. So in the upcoming year, let's start there. Eyes on our own paper, right? As Becky always says, you know. Eyes on our own paper. Let's, let's be more intentional about what we're sowing into our own lives. What we are sowing, what we are planting, it begins with us. Because I can't sow good seed into the lives of those around us if I'm not growing good fruit in our own lives. For those of us who are parents, you see yourself and your own kids so often, you're like, why couldn't you pick up on my good habits? Why couldn't you pick up on my good attributes? Why did you have to pick up on that, you know? But it's what happens. Because when you hang out in an apple orchard, you rarely see peaches just sprouting up randomly and spontaneously, right? Usually you see apple seedlings sprouting up. I can't produce a fruit in someone else's life that I'm not producing in my own. I can't sow out into their life something that I don't have. I mean, it's a principle. God can give you the seed you need at the right time. He can give you patience supernaturally when you don't have the fruit of patience. He, he can help you be a blessing into someone else's life. I'm, I'm not saying it can't happen, but it's a principle. Generally speaking, through the marathon of life, you reproduce in others what you're producing in your own life. It's just what happens. Do not be mocked. God, you know, don't be deceived. God can't be mocked. We reap what we sow. We can't see that good fruit coming from the lives of those around us until we are growing it in our own life. Jesus said this in uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 17 through 18, and Matthew chapter 12, verse 33. Jesus said, likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit fruit a good tree can't bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit in fact jesus said if you make a tree good its fruit will be good if you make a tree bad its fruit will be bad for a tree is recognized by its fruit like we're we're such just focused on the fruit focused on the fruit but it all begins with a healthy tree and a healthy tree begins with healthy roots if you cut that if you you know do something to destroy the roots of that tree it's not going to stand very long. Even if it was producing good, good fruit before that destruction, you take out its roots, you take out everything. But I can tell you this with certainty because there's some things I've been trying to kill on my property. You can cut down to the roots a strong tree that's been there for decades, that's outlived you, that's produced good fruit forever. You can hack that thing off at the roots. Next year, it's growing again. You just can't stop it. You can't stop it. No matter how many times you cut it down, it just keeps growing back. And a lot of times it grows back bigger and stronger. I cut down one tree, and the next thing, I wish I had a, a picture of this one plant in my yard. I cut down one tree, and the next thing you know, I've got 15 sprouts coming up out of it. I just made it worse. That's the life of a Christian. You get yourself some good roots and you can't keep a good man down, right? You can't cut down a Christian. All you're going to do is give us the opportunity to grow again, but this time faster and stronger and right, more resilient. God wants us to bear good, healthy fruit, but it starts with good, healthy trees, and that starts with good, healthy roots. Good roots, good fruits. So we're going to begin with where roots come from. Seed, what are you sowing into your life? What are you planting? Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. This year, 
Let us be a people with an insatiable hunger and thirst for God's word. Because that is the seed that gets planted into our minds, into our hearts. That is what bears, uh, that grows and bears good fruit when the time comes. An insatiable thirst and hunger for more of his word, for more of his presence, for more of his revelation. Let's be a people who plant the things of God into our lives. Because that's what will grow. Cut yourself off if you have to from whatever is contradictory to God's word. In fact, God's word tells us in Romans chapter 10 that that is the way that we win battles. That is the way that we win wars. It's by taking every thought captive, every little seed. Trust me, I've got another area that birds love to hang out on our electric wire. And, and I've done so much to kill everything that was there. And I put down the, this crazy, like, foot of different, you know, dead stuff and bark and everything. And guess what happens? The birds, they go out, they eat all these awesome uh, fruits. They sit on the line. What do they do while they're sitting there? They poo. And when they poo, their poo is so seedy. And next thing you know, on top of all that stuff I've done to keep all those things, there's things growing. I got onions growing. I've got, you know, fruit trees growing. It's like... Just come on. But that should be your life. Nobody can stop you from loving them. Nobody can stop it. Nobody can stop you from being a patient person. Now they can test your patience. They can't stop you from being patient. Nothing can stop. The, the fruits of the Spirit, the Word of God in, in what is it, Romans chapter 8 says that there can be no law ever made against them. I don't care how bad it gets the United States of America. I don't care if we're communist, socialist, you know, you, you got to put a, a, a star on your sleeve if you're not vaccinated. I don't care how bad it gets. Nothing can stop you from being who God calls you to be and from doing what God calls you to do. There's no excuse for not being everything that you were called to be because nothing can stop it. Nothing can stop the fruits of the Spirit. But before we get some good fruits, we got to start planting some good things into our lives, right? And we do that in every season, and we do that intentionally. And we do it in faith, trusting that at the right time, we'll reap a harvest. There's a whole lot of things that God has given us to plant. And I can't wait until the upcoming year when we talk about them. We're going to be planters in our own lives and lives of others. I mean, it's just, whew, I mean, this might be a couple of year kind of thing, you know. But it all begins with us. It all begins with us sowing the things of God into our lives. And it'll never happen accidentally. Intentionally, purposefully, filling our minds and filling our hearts with the things of God. But those are what will take root. Those are what will help us to stand all of the test of time. Those are the things that will help us to stand firm when the world is standing against you. That will help you to bear fruit in and out of season. Jesus cursed a fig tree for not bearing fruit out of season. Jesus expects something of us. He expects good fruit in and out of season. Why would he expect fruit out of season? Because there's no off season for a follower of Christ, right? There is no off-season. We are ready in and out of season. You know, it's just like a, if you got a good wide receiver, he could be walking through Walmart and you toss him, you know, a little Nerf squeaky ball, he's going to catch it. He's ready in and out of season wherever he's at because he's trained himself. 
He's done the hard work to develop himself and to be ready in and out of season. And so he just, it, it's, he doesn't even have to think about it anymore. He just does it. It just comes natural. It's who he is, right? It's no different for us. In and out of season, when something comes up, I don't have to sit there and think about it. I know I'm supposed to be honest, so I'm not going to tell a lie. It just automatically happens. And that happens as we just develop that in our lives. So, there's so much I want to go into. With that, we're going to have the worship team come back forward. We're going to go through Desert Song again because that is really the, the essence of the upcoming year. It doesn't matter what season you or I are in. God is still God. His word is still true. His promises are still yes and amen. And so let's plant those things in our lives. Let's sow those things into our lives because at just the right time, you're going to reap a harvest of righteousness. And then you're going to start seeing those fruits of the Spirit in the lives of those around you. And not only will we be unstoppable, but our families will be unstoppable. Our friends will be unstoppable. Our community will be unstoppable. Because it doesn't matter how much the world cuts us down, we just grow back. Bigger, better, stronger. Amen? Yeah. Woo. So let's give them some praise this morning.